Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport. We are coming to you live from said sponsor hms motorsport here in mooresville my name is tom baker you can see behind me and around me as you uh, look through the camera all kinds of driver related safety equipment and uh, hms motorsport is the they are the experts in driver safety and uh, we're definitely going to uh, talk about that as we go through the evening uh, here tonight but um, we've also got Corey LaJoy going to be joining us uh, Corey has a lot going on for the Roval this weekend, and I'm really excited to talk about the cause that he is working with here, uh, Samaritan's Feet, once again, and HMS Motorsport, one of the motorsports partners for that effort this coming weekend at the Roval, and so it uh, should be a lot of fun. Corey's going to be along here in about a half hour or so, 45 minutes, and join us for much of the second hour, so... Uh, we've got a lot to talk about here. Of course, if you uh, were under a rock over the weekend, you missed uh, the cup race at Richmond and you missed Martin Truex once again doing Martin Truex things. Uh, this is really an interesting story because for the first time ever, Joe Gibbs Racing crossed the line one, two, three, and four. They got the sweep, didn't keep it. We'll talk about that in a moment. Let's have some conversation about Martin Truex. Is there a hotter driver in the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series right now than Martin Truex and that team? They were silent for much of the last portion of the regular season, but boy, they have come on strong in the playoffs. He has put himself in a position now to pretty much carry himself almost right straight to Homestead. I mean, he is, unless the wheels just really come off that effort. You can almost feel you can check the box for Martin Truex going to Homestead did a great job at Richmond over the weekend. Once he took the lead from Kyle Busch, there was no catching him. It was unbelievable to watch just the way that team has turned things around. Truex got the win. Kyle Busch finished in second um, we all know that Kyle's not happy unless he's winning. Um, but what a team day for Joe Gibbs racing. Denny Hamlin finished third, Eric Jones crossed the line fourth, but he didn't stay there. Uh, Jones ended up being disqualified. He was the first, uh, that team's the first cup team to be disqualified under the new way that NASCAR handles post-race tech and penalties for post-race tech. And they had a, an issue with the rear steer, basically rear toe, uh, more or less. And it was a fairly uh, big issue. So it wasn't as if it was on the line or borderline where you could have gone either way with it. It was um, far enough out of spec that NASCAR really felt they had no choice but to pull the plug. And so that bumped Jones out of the fourth position and put him in a situation where he now uh, is pretty much win to advance. He's got to come out and they got to go win the Roval, which is 
probably not a terribly comfortable scenario for Eric. Uh, Eric is not known as one of the, you know, the best road course drivers in NASCAR. So Eric's got a ways to go. If he's going to make the playoffs, he's almost got to have a miracle at this point. He's going to make it to uh, the next round. Uh, but I would think that Truex and Bush and Hamlin, as long as they perform well at the Roval, I think uh, all three of them likely advance. Brad Keselowski finished in fourth, and it was a good comeback story for that team. Um, some issues kind of throughout the race, but managed to get back up for the fourth place finish. But here's my story for the Richmond event, and it is absolutely proof that those of us in the media who make prognostications every week, prognostications, however you want to say it, um, it's living proof that we know absolutely nothing about what's going on <laughs> and what's going to happen. Ryan Newman and Roush Fenway Racing absolutely pulled one of the best performances I've seen out of a Roush car in a long time and certainly one of the best I've seen out of a six car in years Ryan Newman, a solid fifth-place finish. And you start looking at that, and now you ask yourself, is Ryan moving from, okay, I'm just going to try to point my way, um, you know, into the next round to, hey, I just might be a contender to win one of these races. Um, and I think... You have to start thinking about Newman as now having potential to at least get to the final round before Homestead. If he can get to the round of eight, then, you know, you got to go out and have another good solid run in, in that round like he just did here. But if they can start averaging inside the top 10, he's definitely going to have a pretty good shot. Now, Ryan is not a, He's not one of the best road course racers, but he's not one of the worst. Um, and I think the Roval is the type of a road course where you could see Ryan Newman actually take a step forward and finish well enough. Again, if he can, you know, if he can finish in and around the top 10 or 12, Ryan Newman's going around too. I mean, this is going to be um, a really interesting race for that team. If they can step up, and they can do anywhere near what they just did at Richmond at the Roval. Ryan Newman's got a chance. Um, Kyle Larson finished sixth. Good run for him. Kevin Harvick definitely not happy with a seventh-place finish, but um, I think Harvick's going to be okay. Clint Boyer finished eighth. That was a good run for him, much needed. Suarez ninth. Jimmy Johnson finished tenth. And I, I want to dip down just a little bit further because there are some stories from the 48 down, first of all, who would have guessed that at Richmond, Jimmy Johnson finishing 10th was the top driver, top finish uh, for Hendrick Motorsports? Definitely not me, um, but a good run for Jimmy. Behind him, Jimmy was 11th, and look at Bubba Wallace. Bubba started toward the back of the field and drove his way to a 12th place finish. That Richard Petty Motorsports team is taking a step forward as we go into the and through the playoffs. They're they're looking like they're going to end the season on a high note. His last five races, his average finish fifteen point five. 
his first 25 races, his average finish 25.5. So a huge difference in the last handful of races that rich sports team has found a groove and they are starting to look like they're a, a bona fide top 10 to top 15 car on a weekly basis now. So all of those who were trying to diss Bubba and suggest that Richard Petty was not going to be around long, hold the phone because some life coming out of that 43 organization as we've gone through the last few races. Chase Elliott, Matt Benedetto, and Ricky Stenhouse rounded out the top 15. And really not a bad race. I mean, Truex and Bush and Hamlin, you know, the, the Toyotas are clearly the, the best car uh, at this point, in my opinion. And I think going into the Roval, that's going to equalize itself a little bit because obviously it's a whole different kind of track. Um, we'll talk about the Roval and the changes to the Roval a little bit later on with Corey LaJoy and get his take on what he feels like we can look for from the uh, the action at the Roval this weekend with a new uh, chicane on the backstretch and, and the changes there. But uh, definitely, I think this is going to be the, the, the race. If there's going to be a race in this round where the Chevys, the Fords could, can really creep up and and kind of surpass the Toyotas, it's this one at the Roval. You get by the Roval, and we, we start talking about some racetracks where speed matters, and that's uh, Toyota's definitely winning in that department. But another solid run for Matt DiBenedetto in the LFR car as well, still waiting on the Christopher Bell announcement for that car. Uh, I think it's pretty much known that it's imminent. It's just a question of when. Um, Bell going to move up and we're, we're still hearing Cole Custer is going to move up to the cup series for next year. And we're also hearing that Tyler Reddick is going to move up to the cup series. Now you would guess that Reddick would probably replace Daniel Hemrick in the eight car. Since we know Daniel's not being retained by Richard. Yet where Custer's going, we do know there are two drivers at SHR that ha that are in contract years. Clint Boyer and Daniel Suarez have no agreement in place yet for next year. So we're going to see where, where that's going to go. But I feel like there's still an outside shot that we see Cole Custer in one of the four main SHR cars. But I think there's still a better chance that Cole Custer ends up going to a satellite program and we're hearing a lot of different uh, potential suitors for that program. And so we'll have to see what develops there. But Martin Trex Jr. getting the win. When we come back around the turn, we're going to talk about the playoffs. We'll look at the playoff scenario. We'll talk about who to look for to be the biggest movers or shakers when it comes to the Roval. Um, this is going to be, again, I think still kind of a neutral race because we're not used to Yet, we've got one race on that course. That's all we've got. We've got a little bit of data, but not much, and they've changed it just a bit. So I still think we're kind of on neutral ground here to end this round. So going to be very interesting to see who ends up in and who ends up out as we get by the Roval this coming weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And to take a break, back with more of Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. 
Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, and we are live from HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina. HMS with two retail locations, one here in Mooresville, North Carolina, about uh, 20 minutes from our home base at the WSIC Radio and TV Studios in Statesville. The other HMS location is their original location in Danvers, Massachusetts. You can also find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. And if you need anything related to driver safety, HMS has it. You can just look behind me and see a whole bunch of different driver safety gear from helmets to suits to fireproof underwear 
to all kinds of different uh, brands of each of those things. They have radios from Racecom, um, all kinds of driver safety and driver communications gear, and it doesn't matter. They've got belts. Uh, seats, whatever you need, and it doesn't matter what type of racing that you're involved in, and it doesn't matter what you're looking for in terms of brands or whatever. Not only can HMS find what you need if they don't have it, but they can also help you to make sure that you have the right safety gear for your specific type of racing, for your specific body type, the whole nine yards. Uh, how you sit in your seat depends on what belt you choose and so forth. There's a lot more to it than just going and buying something online. So if you need safety gear, HMS are the experts. Give them a call or send them an email and just let them know what you're looking for and let them know what you race and give them the specifics and they'll take good care of you. Tom Baker with you. Uh, throughout the evening, we'll have Cup Racer Corey LaJoy joining us here after a while. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, what he's got going this weekend. Very nice deal that he has for the Roble, and we're anxious to talk to him about it. Um, we talked about the finish from Richmond in the Cup Series in the first segment. Now let's take a look at the playoff scenario because, of course, this weekend's Roval race is a cutoff race. It's the end of round one for the Cup Series. This is going to be really interesting because we mentioned Eric Jones and his disqualification in the, in the first uh, segment of this show. Eric getting DQ'd for an issue in the rear end of his car post-race, and that puts him squarely in 16th place and he is 45 points, almost a full race behind the cutoff, uh, which is William Byron right now in 12th. Um, and, well, I'll tell you what, Eric Jones basically has to win. There's no other way that he gets to round two except winning the race uh, at Charlotte this weekend, a very tall order for that team, but you know they're going to be trying. Here's how the point standings look. Truex is on top, 21 points back is Harvick. Kyle Busch is in third. Keselowski, Hamlin, Lugano, and Elliott through seven. Um, and then you've got Larson, Newman, Blaney, Almarola, and Byron. I'm going to stop there for a moment. There's your top 12. Ryan Newman who was barely alive going into the Richmond race, suddenly finds himself right now 11 points ahead of the cutoff, which is a nice place for him to be. He's obviously going to be trying to win, but his main competition is going to be coming from drivers like Ryan Blaney, who we know is good at the Roval, and won last year when Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex had their issue at the end, Eric Almarola, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, and Eric Jones. I would say that unless Jones wins, obviously Newman doesn't have to worry about him. If he's not winning, he's not going to make it in. Um, if Newman can finish anywhere in the top 10 to 12, 10 to 15 even, he's probably in pretty good shape. But he's got some competition there. Right around the cutoff, you've got Newman 11 ahead of the cutoff, which is Bowman. You've got Blaney 6 ahead. And you've got Eric Almarola, one point, one lonely little point ahead of the cutoff right now. Alex Bowman is 13th. He's two behind the cutoff. Clint Boyer is four back. Kurt Busch 
is 14 back. That's about uh, a third of the field. Um, Kurt Busch is a good road racer. One would think that Kurt Busch, if he's going to advance to round two, this, it would seem, might be a favorable situation for him to do so. But again, lots of competition there. The drivers I'm worried about, we're going to cut four. The drivers I'm worried about right now, if you look at the situation behind Eric Jones, nobody matters. The drivers I'm worried about right now, I think Eric Jones is out. I don't see him winning the Roval. Therefore, I think he's out. Um, you look at, I'm, I'm really worried at this point about Clint Boyer. Um, not a great road racer, but he's he can be. Um, I'm a little concerned about Bowman, and I'm a little concerned about Byron. Those are the drivers that I'm really seriously concerned about. I think the surprise, if they can just get a fast car under him, could be Kyle Larson. Larson, if you'll recall, in last year's Roval event, had to take advantage of a Jeffrey Earnhardt spin on the last lap to be able to make it to the next round of the playoffs. Larson's, he's 21, 23, actually, ahead of the cutoff right now. He's in pretty good shape. He's in eighth in the standings. Again, a top 10 to 12, he advances. I think Newman's going to find a way to make it in. I think there's enough momentum on that team. Almarola certainly could be one that you look at and you say, well, again, he's a good road racer. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I don't see anybody from outside of the top 16 who I would look at and say they're going to have a shot to win except for one. Keep your eye on Matt DiBenedetto and that 95 LFR team. We've been saying on this show that Matt's got had a chance to win almost every race since he ran that, that beautiful drive at Bristol. But you look at the road course at Sonoma earlier this year, he had a solid top five. I could see Matt pulling this off. Jimmy Johnson would be the only other driver outside of the top 16. And you look at the way Jimmy ran last year at the Roval, you have to give him at least a dark horse shot. Jimmy Johnson has a chance at this, but I could see either of those two. Aside from that, I don't see anybody who's not in the top 16 pulling this one off without some serious luck. So, um, you know, you look at who are we going to see up front? Well, who was up front last year until Jimmy Johnson spun him at the end of the race? Martin Truex Jr., who is the hottest driver in the Cup Series right now? Martin Truex Jr. Um, you, you just look at this and you say, well, um, if I'm a betting man, <laughs> Martin Truex is the guy I want uh, that I'm putting my money on going into this race. The Roval really could change a lot of things depending on what happens. Remember last year, uh, to quote the words of Todd Bentley Gordon, Joey Logano's crew chief, Brad led the army off a cliff on a restart and tore up about seven cars. Um, I think you're going to see more similar mayhem this year. But really, when you look at it, you're still going to have the same guys fighting for the front of the field, other than maybe a Kurt Busch, um, you know, or someone who comes up because of their road course experience and gets on a tear. I could easily see Kurt Busch pulling a big surprise and grabbing a top five or better here to, um, make sure that he gets to round two. I think he's going to be the one 
uh, out of that, that's below the cutoff line. I think he's the one that you want to keep your eye on um, that, that would have the best shot. But definitely Martin Truex Jr. still remains the favorite. An interesting uh, series right now, playoff for the Cup Series. These guys are tight. This is the most competitive playoff I remember in the first round with so many fast cars and all the Joe Gibbs cars right now um, pretty much are, are on tilt. And you're going to have to work really hard, I think, to, um, to, to beat out the Joe Gibbs racing team if you're going to get to the championship, I think right now the road goes through JGR. I think it has most of the year. And I still think that out of those cars, even though Martin Truex is having a, an amazing first round, I still think Denny Hamlin is your guy. If I'm going to pick one of those cars to win the championship at this point, I'm picking Denny Hamlin. Why? Because it feels like this is his year. If you go back and you look at past playoffs, it seems like Denny Hamlin has always taken Denny Hamlin out of the playoffs. This year, the mental approach, completely different. Denny has spent a lot of time this year working on his mental game, working on his life in general, and putting himself in a position where he feels like he's comfortable, he's at peace, and he's, he's ready to go chase a championship. And I think this is Denny's best shot at winning a NASCAR title. Um, lots of conversation about what happens in a year or two. Chris Bell comes up into the 95. Where does he go? Um, you know, who who is the first of the drivers? And sort of Joe Gibbs racing team to, you know, to retire. A lot of people are speculating it may be Hamlin in a year or two. Who knows? But I think Denny is still primed for his best run at uh, NASCAR championship. I think he's got his game together right now. Um, that's a look at the cup series playoffs. We're going to talk about the Roval with Corey. We'll give you the schedule of events and kind of get you up to date on what's going to be happening. Of course, the Xfinity series in action as well at the Roval this weekend. That's where we're going next. We'll talk Xfinity. We'll talk the big three and we'll talk all kinds of stuff. Christopher bell got himself an extraordinary victory on Saturday and added to his total for the year. And I think laid claim to the championship now running through that team and Christopher bell. I think he'd like to get a title before he moves up to cup in 2020. And with that, we are going to step aside. When we come back, we'll talk Xfinity. We'll talk about Saturday's race, Friday's race, I should say, and we'll talk playoffs and where they are in their situation. Back with more Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com, or if you're in the Mooresville, North Carolina area or the Danvers, Massachusetts area, you can just walk into the store. Look at all the cool stuff around me here. My name is Tom Baker, and I am now joined by none other than cup racer Corey with joy and uh, man it's great to have Corey on the set with us and on the show with us tonight first of all Corey, welcome to league lap uh, first time we've had you on um in studio i believe and hopefully it won't be the last uh you've had a pretty good season so far yes overall been pretty good um i i stop in here at hms like you said quite a bit i get all my uh, Wallero underwear, as well as all my Schroth seat belts here. Uh, so if you need anything, whether it's helmets or Hans devices or anything, I get pretty much everything here. Uh, look no further uh, for any of your safety needs here at HMS. But, yeah, overall, uh, the season of Go Fast has been uh, probably uh, on par competitively of where we thought we were going to be some weeks I was going to ask about that because uh, I know some weeks, were coming Some in, weeks but. not so much. I mean, we have a, about a 28th to 23rd ninth place car on speed just the way we stack up resource wise and uh sometimes that's hard to overcome but 
uh, off track stuff. They've allowed me to do a lot of fun things, especially with working this, with working this, uh, with a charity called Samaritan's Feet. So a lot of good things off the track with my face being on the car and that drumming up a bunch <laughs> of positive PR for me, uh, contrary to what I thought what was going to happen. So, uh, lots you of cool. You think it was going to be a lot of negative PR? I, <clears throat> I How did. How could you not love a car with your face on it? Well, when it's your own face, you'd probably think different. Well, I mean, if it were my face, I would think people would run. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I not would Not a whole lot different. The only more desirable maybe face on the front of a car might be Rutledge Wood. But, hmm. you know, I mean, because he's just that kind of guy that you would expect uh, to see something like that from. But you pulled it off very well, I got to say. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I try to keep it lighthearted because uh, that's ultimately what Old Spice wanted. And they definitely knew what they were doing. When was they, that their idea? Absolutely. It was not my <laughs> idea. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully we get them back in the sport. They, uh, they definitely got in and got out and got their money's worth off that spend for the Daytona 500. So, uh, we've had a lot of great partners on this year and, uh, you know, overall, like you, like you said, I think it's been a, a pretty solid year. Uh, you know, not, not a whole lot of moments where we're going to be spraying each other down with champagne, but, uh, it's been solid and, uh, we've had reliable cars and, and we've had some fun along the way. Well, definitely uh, have enjoyed watching you this year, and it's great to see the the performances that you're getting. Let's talk a little bit about this week, the Roval, and let's start with Samaritan's Feet because I know this is something that is very near and dear to your heart, and you know it's always fun for me to see drivers who are giving back in one way or another, and all of all of you guys do. Um, talk a little bit about. Samaritan's Feet, how did you get involved with them and talk a little bit about what uh, what's going on at the Roval this weekend? Yeah, so Samaritan's Feet is a uh, is a charity that provides shoes for the 1.5 billion people in, in the world that are in the need of shoes. Uh, there's 13.5 million people here, which I didn't know in the United States, that don't have adequate footwear. So, Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. That was a big, staggering number. But uh, So my nickname growing up was Super Shoe when I was winning races and yes, was successful was. growing up. Uh, and then I started driving other people's cars and not winning as much just cause the quality of equipment kind of went down compared to the field. Uh, and then just had to more or less start the grind. So I dropped the super kept, kept <laughs> the shoe. shoe. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I still have a lot of people reference me as shoe and I, that's kind of the little thing. I got a little logo and doing my little signature and, uh, <clears throat> have some fun with that. But, uh, I've worked with several shoe, co- shoe charities in the, in the past, but, Samaritan's Feet's a Charlotte-based organization, so once I got to meet Manny and his whole team down there in Charlotte, uh, it's a Christian-based organization, and they do a lot of great things all over the world, even. Uh, I think last year they gave away a million pairs of shoes. They've given away seven and a half million pairs of shoes uh, wow. over over their uh, eight-year eight uh, span, so they that's a lot of shoes. Seven and a half million shoes is a lot, of, a shoes. lot of shoes, so shoes. we're trying to raise a, a, enough money and enough shoes to put another million pairs of shoes on uh on some people's feet so they're actually i'm going down there uh wednesday to pack a container with twenty-five thousand pairs of shoes that we're gonna uh not we samaritan's feet is gonna ship down to the bahamas gotcha obviously they have a lot of need there so they're shipping a container down there on wednesday i'm gonna help pack that thing up and and do a lot of cool stuff there so i'm excited about that but then so i got to meet with manny got to talking man i just pulled out my heartstrings and uh, I was going to do some stuff real small level, do, you know, a pair of shoes branded Samaritan's feet and, um, do this and do that and paint a helmet, right. And r- raffle off gloves and try to do a small media campaign around it. But, uh, never, never figured that it would 
turn into this because I, I was laying in bed one night and we didn't have a sponsor for the Watkins Glen race. Uh, I was laying in bed, more or less had this dream of a Samaritan's feet car. Wow, there. really? Yeah. And uh, How cool is that? Well, I haven't got to the good part or the bad part yet. So laying there and I had to obviously figure out how to, who's going to pay for this thing, right? Because it's about a week and a half before the race. And I just felt called to call Archie and see if he'd be open if my story for a month uh if he would put some feet on the car and uh that was a hard pill to swallow so you uh, just to clarify so you actually gave up yeah. your salary yeah for a whole month yeah in in exchange for basically uh, putting Samaritan's a charity yeah putting a charity car. that i truly believe in their mission on the car wow yeah so that was a, quite a bit of change out of my pocket but i just for whatever reason i felt called to do it and had a had a good feeling like uh, the Lord was going to take it and run with it. So we were, uh, my wife and I were sitting at dinner uh, a couple of nights after that, before the race, we're trying to figure out how to activate it. And she had the idea of whoever donated to our Hope Givers uh, page through Samaritan's Feet, that whether it's a dollar, five dollars, thousand dollars, we're going to write their names personally on the car. And I figured we'd raise 15, 20 grand, right? But we announced it, started taking some legs on Twitter. Dale Jr. picked it up and retweeted it. And uh, all of a sudden, that Bubba, uh, Bubba took it up, Chase took it up, uh, and Rutledge and all, I mean, all these guys, it just started taking legs. And by the end of the, the weekend, uh, we had 1,635 names on the car and we ended up raising $128,000 for the charity. Wow. How incredible is that? So that, uh, that blew my mind, uh, blew Manny's mind. The guy who started Samaritan's feet, it actually blew everybody's mind that was, uh, just involved in it. Cause it was just, uh, you know, over the course of six days, it just, it, it ran with it. Um, so Manny and I were talking after that, you know, b- being that I'm a Charlotte kid, Concord technically, and they're a Charlotte organization. Uh, we had enough, we felt like we had enough contacts. We can, uh, drum up enough money to cover the nut to the team. Uh, that way I didn't have to eat another month of sponsorship or month of pay, uh, to put Samaritan's feet back on the car. So we got him back on the car at the Roval this weekend, uh, and HMS and Joe Marco helped out quite a bit. Wow! Um, so they're they're going to be on the deck load as well. We we have about uh, nine other companies that stepped up and helped us, uh, and the track helped us out with a suite. So everybody that donated is going to get uh, time some, in the suite. There you go. Some time in the suite. They're going to get a couple of VI, uh, the hot passes. So do a lot of activation. We're actually doing a. A shoe giveaway, not a giveaway, shoe donation uh, for 500 kids at elementary school Friday before practice. So Samaritan's Feet thing. So their thing is what really intrigued me is, you know, they don't line 500 kids up if we're doing an elementary school and just give them a box of shoes and care about their way, right? Let's just say there's 30 volunteers here on Friday. About 10 of them are on the floor and you kind of swap out and do the whole thing. And you have water tubs or buckets, right? You sit a kid down, you take his old shoes off, uh, take his socks off, and you actually wash their feet, and you talk to them, tell them you care about them, right? Tell them God loves you. Uh, go be a blessing to somebody yeah, else absolutely. throughout your day. Uh, and then you put new socks and new pairs of shoes, whether, I mean, like, they don't get, you know, they don't get FUBUs, right? They get, like, right. they go buy uh, Under Armors, and they go buy nikes and adidas like they buy nice shoes to put on these kids feet and man it's uh it gives me goosebumps talking about it but you should see the look on these kids faces when they just 
you know, the, the shoes are one thing, but just showing them kids that, you know, somebody else that you wouldn't expect loves on them, uh, just through servant leadership. It's, uh, it's pretty good stuff, man. I, I really, I really dove into it with both feet. Well, the, the power of God is just immeasurable. That's right. And, you know, it, it's, it's just amazing what can be done when your heart's in the So right on top place. of the, on top of that, uh, so we did, we wrote 1,635 names on the car at Watkins Glen, right? And there was no minimum, uh, on that donation. Pete, guys were given a dollar, guys were given three bucks to put sure. their name on the car. So this one, this time around, we came up with something called the shoe stakes to where shoe stakes, the shoe stakes to shoe where stakes. I got about, okay. uh, 12 drivers, uh, Kyle Busch, Bubba, Chase, Dale Jr. gave me a pair of shoes, McDowell, David Reagan, uh, Ty Dillon, Austin Dillon, Daniel Hemrick, a bunch of guys gave me their signed driver shoes, race worn. Oh, wow. So we put them in a pot and essentially you go to SamaritansFeet.org slash shoe stakes and you buy a $25 raffle ticket, which is, I see, which okay. is Samaritans feet cost of putting shoes on a kid that's never had shoes before. Uh, you donate essentially a pair of shoes and you have the chance to win one of your favorite drivers signed race worn shoes. So a little something to give back. And also in, in doing that, whether or not you win your favorite driver's shoes, you get your name signed on the car. So right now I think we have 200 plus people to write their name on the car. So hopefully that number keeps getting bigger and bigger wow. by the end of the weekend and we can raise some more money. Uh, it's just been fun to see that thing grow. And uh, it's been a, lot of, been a lot of work, but it's been a lot, really worth it. I can only imagine the work that you put into this, but man, the results are glorious. That's awesome. Love hearing about stuff like this and great job. Uh, uh, everybody involved with that. Uh, we're going to step aside when we come back more with Corey with joy. We are live from HMS motorsports, Mooresville, North Carolina location, HMS motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, and also want to give a nod to our other, uh, Motorsports partners here on Race Chaser Radio, strutmasters.com, the suspension experts, my computer career, training for a better life. We'll talk to you more about them a little bit later on in the program. We're going to step aside when we come back. More with Corey, Lead Lap Radio, back after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. 
Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We welcome you whether you are listening to us live on the Performance Motorsports Network or whether you are in the Charlotte area and you're watching this live on WSIC TV 25.2 in Charlotte. My name is Tom Baker and joining me on the program is Cup Racer. And really all around nice guy, Corey LaJoy. And we got Chris Murdoch here producing James Mellick back up at the uh, WSIC studios, keeping us on the air as well. Corey, we were talking about Samaritan's feet in the last segment. And um, I've got to believe, obviously, you're a racer, racers race. But I've got to believe that carrying that kind of responsibility into the Roval just makes it that much more special for you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of hard work to see it kind of come to fruition. It was really cool, especially at Watkins Glen. And I, I know going in that I'm not the road course specialist, right? So I'm not going to go. say, I just realized that you did it at yeah. the two road courses. Yeah. Is that a design just, or No, just no, it's, uh, it's coincidence. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately, because there's been some really good oval track runs, which I wish I would have <laughs> had those guys yeah. on there. But uh, unfortunately, go to the road course that I don't have a whole lot of experience at. Right. And we probably won't run particularly well. My goal there is just to try to keep all four tires on the asphalt and see what happens. Um, and maybe, you know, Brad Kozlowski can wreck about 12 of them into one like he did last year. <laughs> Read the army off the cliff. That'd be, uh, yeah, that <laughs> would be, uh, that'd be really good. I would, lo- I would love to see that happen. And I'd love to skirt by and get some free spots. Um, but whatever happens, happens. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, our goal every week is top 25. Sometimes we don't quite have the speed to get there and run there. Uh, you know, uh, Richmond, we fired off really well. We broke into the top 20, and uh, for whatever reason, man, we just lost some speed there towards the end of that race, and we ended up right back to where we practiced all weekend. So um, it's just kind of a grind sometimes. Sometimes you just got to uh, keep keep gritting it and keep getting it. Well, I was I was going to ask you because obviously you're a driver who in was very successful, and you've made it to Cup. 
And obviously, everybody that, that races wants to be competitive for a win. What is it like going in? Okay, I want to win. The team wants to win, but we don't have the necessary ingredients to win right now. How does that change your approach to a race? Uh, How do you? You have to change what your definition of a win is, really. Uh, you know, we know going in, we have to be realistic on what our our budget of four million dollars is not is about ten times less than what Kyle Busch's budget is. Be with those guys, uh, but our our wins are to be able to beat the JTGs with their large budget when they have a bad day, uh, and to not make any mistakes on pit road, to have our car driving well, and you know to make sure the car le- makes it through the whole race, and uh, and I don't make any mistakes that I can prevent. Uh, so, you know, those win, those could be wins, even though, you know, like I said, we're not going to be spraying champagne over each other. If we have all those little wins, uh, over the course of the year, if you, uh, if you set realistic goals and you're able to achieve them, that's ultimately what, uh, you know, that's what we're doing. Uh, and, and it doesn't make you feel good all the time, you know, Sunday nights after driving your butt off for four, five, four or 500 miles. And you shake out 29th, man, it doesn't really make you feel good. Just competitor inside really wants to get up there and compete for wins because I know, like you said, when I was in the lower divisions and, and had what I felt like was apples-to-apples comparison of equipment, uh, I was able to compete with the Kyle Larsons and the Chase Elliotts and the Ryan Blaney's and the Bubba's and, and all those sure. guys. Uh, but right now, that's just not in the cards. Uh, but I feel like I'm doing a good job for what GoFast needs me to do behind the driver's seat and off the track as well, trying to be a good ambassador for them. So. Uh, it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of, uh, changing my expectations cause I did get in, you know, my, my Xfinity career started really rocky just because I didn't realize that a 15th place Xfinity car couldn't be a fifth place Xfinity car. Right. It couldn't be a 10th yeah. place Xfinity you car. Can't will uh, it. You just can't will it. You yeah. just can't drive it any harder because especially with them radials, uh, your margin for error is a lot smaller. Sort of always heard. If you're yeah. a little bit out of control, you're gone. You just can't recover. Yeah. You know, the bias plies have a lot of slip angle, and you can really hang the thing out there and get it back. But the radials, they slip, and, you, and you're yeah. in the fence. So I had to learn that the hard way, uh, and I had to you learn how to take a fifth and make it 11th. Um, and I'm to the point now where I feel like I can, I can toe that line a little bit better and a little bit more, uh, you know, comfortable. Uh, and, and it doesn't make, like I said, it doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy when you run 29th and, and have just one of them long days where nothing goes your way just cause you don't have speed. Right. But, uh, in the, in the end goal, right. When the team is used to finish in 30 or 31st, there may be 29th a good day. Uh, so it's really just what kind of perspective lens you look through. You've seen obviously the, the ebbs and flows of the sport and, and people talking a lot lately about, you know, younger drivers getting to cup. They don't have late model wins or whatever. I have my take on that as, as someone who's worked with a lot of younger drivers, but I'm curious what your take on that whole kind of thought process is. Oh man, that's a, that's a lot of layers to peel off. It's like an onion, but, um, uh... That it was funny just how I talked about it on my podcast, Sunday Money. Shameless plug there. Please, where do so, we find it? Sunday Money, it's on Apple uh, uh, and Spotify. I think it's on all of them, but it's Sunday Money, just like a little ode to Earnhardt's boat. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. It's about 45 minutes. We talk about racing, talk about current events. And, and you're also, a co-host for this? I'm co-host Daryl Mott and Lauren Fox are also my oh, co-host. Oh, boy. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, man, I've getting a lot of positive feedback over the I last bet. couple of weeks. That is a power trio. Uh, yeah, it's been, 
had it really it really it seems like the last two months it's really blown up where there's about 20 people every race say they uh, listen to the podcast and love Great. it. And there there hasn't been many people, many people that have found it and say they don't like it. So tune even in. Even better. So um, I don't even know where we're going with that. Oh. It's talking about younger yep. drivers. and Man, I, I don't really know that it matters anymore because there's so many different ways to get here, especially right. you have the – you have and the, and the opportunities for guys to win races like Kyle Busch says, win a lot and get hired by a good team – there's less than five guys you can count that have that opportunity. Chris Bell, Kyle Larson, uh, Kyle Busch, uh, Brad Keselowski, uh, and and really that, and you have one finger left over. Yeah. Uh, and and all of those guys at one point in time had some financial backer that to get them to the next level. Right. Kyle Larson had Rico Abreu's family. Chris Bell had Kenzie Rustin's family. Right. There's lo- lots of underlying things that aren't talked about. But everybody at one point in time, whether it was small money or big money, had some sort of help to get to the next level. So it's hard to pick on who's done what, when, whether it's late models or K&N or ARCA or Modifieds or Sprint Cars or this guy. Like, you can sit there and nitpick that all day long, but it really just depends on what you do when you get here, right? It doesn't matter what you do to get here. When you're in the Cup Series, you should be an experienced race car driver. Right. Right. So when you have lap cars that aren't aware of where they are on the racetrack or where aware of the where the leaders would like to run, that's what the gripe was. And he just said the other stuff out of emotion. So I feel like uh, you know, I think that it was probably a little brash what he says, everything Kyle Bush says is probably a little bit too far, but um that's why people like him or hate him. Uh, it's polarizing. I think we need that character in the sport. Oh, I agree. And I, I, agree I personally you. have a good relationship with Kyle. Him and I can speak the same language when it comes to talking about racing because we both are racers. Uh, but, uh, you know, the whole argument, this guy done this, this guy, everybody has done something, whether they worked hard to try to find sponsorship or got lucky or have some a rich family or won some races, they've all done something or put in some sort of work to get to the Cup Series. You know, maybe not the trucks or the Xfinity Series. Right. But if you get to the Cup Series, something had to happen beneficial, and you had to put the work in on the track or off the track. So, Well, that's kind of the way I look at it, too. I mean, my feeling is <clears throat> Smithley, for example. I mean, Garrett went out and got every sponsor he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Nobody's handed him anything. Right. And I don't see where Garrett did anything wrong in that scenario. Not in that scenario, but I think you that know. if you take that particular instance out of context, yes, Kyle drove straight in the back of him. I think that uh, Kyle expected him to hold the same line he was running for the laps previous, uh, which the, every time I caught the 52 car that night, he had some problems, blew a tire, and was off the pace more than he would have been. He was running the bottom, right? So the one time the leaders catch him, now he's in the middle, right smacking away. So I think that's kind of what his gripe was. <clears throat> but in that instance, no, it wasn't Garrett's fault. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, who are you going to point the finger at? Well, I put the finger in that sense. In that, it, it, Kyle Bush, sure, because he sees him, right? He's a cup champion, yep, he knows better. Garrett doesn't, and I can promise you, I've done it for several years in my cup career. It's way harder racing out of the rear view mirror than it is way, racing out of the windshield, for sure, yep. And when you're in a car like that that doesn't have the speed, and you're literally, I can promise you, the last thing Garrett wanted to do was be in that position, right? Exactly. So, uh, when Garrett's looking out of the rear view mirror, praying to God he doesn't get in somebody's way. That makes it even worse because then you're kind of just following whatever's in there. But uh, it's just it's a tough situation, right? Because 
you can nitpick the driver on whether or not the driver's done enough to make it to the Cup sure. Series, or you can nitpick the owner who fields a car that's two seconds slower than the guys that are leading the field. So there's lots of different layers, like I said, on that that you can cover. It's just a matter of which one you want to look at. I just think that if somebody makes it to the – I think there might be a little bit <clears> – <throat> the approval process might be a little lax. <clears throat> and when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the race teams that are strapped for cash and just really do need to – are kind of going to grab the back end of the purse money. Sure. That's a whole nother layer as well. Uh, so if if those if that scenario and that business model wasn't available to those guys, I don't think you would have that sort of uh, disparity in the in the well, exactly. Part. They're playing by the rules that exist. Absolutely, you know, and and they're they're doing the very best they can, obviously, for their careers and trying to just be there and hopefully do well enough, like yourself, that somebody would see them. You know, and and say, hey, come drive my car. I think similar to maybe, you know, what Ross Chastain has been able to do with Ganassi and the niece and whoever, you know, colleague. It's it's just an interesting it's an interesting scenario right now in the Cup Series because you are seeing more and more of those drivers stepping up. They take a couple of races, then they go back down, and then maybe they, you know. But um, it, I just wanted to get your take on that, and I agree with everything you're saying. It's a very complicated issue. We'll be back with more with Corey and more with Lap right after these words. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com. 
bsrinc.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We are coming to you live from HMS Motorsports here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and I am joined once again uh, for this segment by uh, Corey LaJoy. We've been talking about all things NASCAR and uh, talk about the Roval a little bit now, Corey, for us. Uh, and what, I mean, as a driver, how do you even prepare for a track like the Roval? It's just unique enough. Um, you, you got a little taste of it last year, but. Yeah, uh, actually, I didn't do it last year. Cole Whip. Whole oh, that's right. with that Cole's 72 car, car. Yeah. Uh, he's a pretty good uh, road he course is, racer yeah. so he he ran that one he ran all the road courses uh, and I spectated um, so obviously I've been wearing out I racing uh, I haven't got a chance to jump on the Ford simulator Ford has a, a really solid simulator as well as all the other manufacturers Toyota and Chevrolet have their own little cockpit with the hydraulics and the big 3D panoramic screen uh, that helped me a lot for Sonoma just to knock off that rookie rust, I guess. Okay. Um, I probably won't get the opportunity to jump on for the Roval. They just have those time slots booked for other chase guys, right. obviously. I'm at the very bottom of that Ford totem pole. Um, but, uh, you know, iRacing's fairly Tire models aren't really accurate. Uh, the tires have a lot more grip on iRacing than they do in real life or versus the, the Ford simulator. Right. Uh, like, for example, Sonoma, we went there. And, and I was I got going pretty well on iRacing, I thought. And uh, and then that lap time was about six seconds faster than it was in real life, even versus the Ford Simulator. The Ford Simulator, if I ran a 125 flat, I was running a 125 flat in real life. So they wow. have it pretty pretty well nailed down. Uh, so, but, you know, obviously you get your breaking points nailed down on iRacing, just get the visual cue. Just you know where the heck you're going is the biggest thing do you feel like i mean this obviously the first year that you've had to run the road courses do you feel like you enjoy the road course type of racing yeah it's a blast uh it's just different you know it's different uh the 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 braking stuff is completely backwards from not backwards just different um as the oval stuff just because you have to really abuse them you're not used to abusing them you're trying to use the least amount as possible, right, on those asphalt track on the on the ovals. When you go to the road courses, you absolutely abuse them as hard as possible, and it's uh, just kind of retrain your brain to uh, to make 1,100 pounds of pressure that you need to make to go fast at some of these some of these places. So, uh, so Noble was a blast. I didn't have my the balance of my car uh, as good as I should. I just ended up being too tight in the race. I didn't know uh, how much those t- those tires fall off in the front just because you know when the the front tires are cambered in like that. You're only really on this much of the inside tire either way. So you're really relying on the outside tire. So you need to have that car free 
uh, to swap directions and not rely on the front as much. Uh, so I got that in my notes. Obviously, I'll have my car a little bit freer for the Roval, uh, and hopefully we can race a little bit better on the back end of a run. And uh, and just like I said, man, just keep the four tires on the asphalt and keep them out of the, the fence and don't do what Daryl did last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't do what Daryl did. Uh, what what do you see is uh, how do you think the reconfiguration on the backstretch side of the course with the chicane? How do you think that's going to? Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll make another breaking zone, another passing opportunity. <clears throat> um, and it'll just kind of keep the pack maybe jammed up if you can get through there a little bit better than the guy in front of you because beforehand it was really just a, a high-speed kink uh, where you know that, that clean air was even more beneficial there on the backstretch than uh, it'll certainly – I don't think it'll play a factor in <clears throat> this this much this uh, with the way they reconfigured it. So uh, I think it'll be good. Well, it definitely, it definitely feels like this is still sort of a neutral ground – for most of the guys, I mean, you know, you've had one race on it, but you know, now they've, they've changed a little bit. Um, what does it take to win or be successful on a course like the Roval versus an oval track? I don't know. I haven't won on either one of them, so I can't, <laughs> I'm not the guy to ask, but, uh, obviously got to keep all the fenders on it. You don't want to be in one of those big wrecks. Um, you know, and I think strategy will come into play, uh, cause that last stage is, I think I was looking at it today. It's 59 laps, so I'm not sure what a fuel run is yet. But uh, you know, track position will be key. I th- think it's hard to pass, and uh, you know, just uh, make sure you don't overrun the engine or use your brakes up too soon. Uh, you know, so there's a little bit of patient, a uh, little pacing in that sense. So um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't even been close to winning a road course race, so I'm not the guy to ask. But uh, I can tell you what I'm going to try to do is just try to keep my tires pointed straight and be there at the end. Okay. Well, we've got a few minutes left in this segment. I want to take you all the way back. Obviously, we know what got you into racing. Your dad, obviously, a big-time <laughs> racer and 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 uh, and, and a, a, a truly nice guy as well. But what do you remember? What are your earliest memories of the sport? And what do you remember about when you first started yeah, so I remember distinctly one moment. I was probably uh, six. It was at Darlington, um, and it was in the current cup garage because the, the front stretch and the back stretch was flipped back then. Yeah. So the bush cars used to pit on what is now the front stretch. And I remember the exact spot I was standing in after the race. I don't know quite where Dad finished. Uh, it, he always ran well at Darlington. Um and it was 1997 or eight, I think. And I remember sitting there holding my mom's hand, and and they were pushing all the cars back to the garage area after the race, and they were all sandblasted and beat up, and they had the sides ripped off of them, right? And they just looked like battle. <laughs> looked like they just raced at Darlington. Looked like they just got done racing at Darlington, <laughs> right? And I was, and you get the the smell of the rubber and the the gear oil and just all you know like sensory overload right for a seven-year-old kid and obviously i've been a lot of races before that and after that but it was that distinct moment i can just go back to and be like oh man like that's where i that's where i had the bug uh you know i raced go-karts when i was a little bit you know littler than that and punched around and did that and this but it wasn't until really that moment i was like ooh, like this race and stuff is really cool uh, you know, and then I raced Bandoleros and did this and did that and did the natural asphalt progression of uh, just 
the old school pro challenge cars. They were three quarter scale cars that won a lot of races there. Then move up to late models and K and N and Arca and uh, was successful through all those ranks. Uh, and then once I got to the national series, I was relying on other people's equipment and money and budgets, and I was a little bit less successful and I uh, wasn't able to put any wins together yet. I'm still working on that. We'll see what happens. Do you have a particular track that's a favorite of yours in terms of, you know, enjoying racing at it? And, and do you have one that you just seem, it seems to be an Achilles heel? Yeah. So I'll tell you, it's weird because, uh, Dover, in the lower divisions, even Xfinity was probably my favorite track. I won a Canon race there. I don't think I finished out of the top three uh, in four or five races there. And, and uh, besides the race, I blew up. And then I finished sixth in a in an Xfinity race there. Uh, and JGL's equipment that was their best finish at the time. Uh, so I loved going to Dover. Uh, but I, go, I every race I feel like in a Cup car, Dover is the ultimate mix of downforce. CG mechanical grip and horsepower, uh, and of of the three teams I've driven for to date, those are all the the low spots of our race team. So you know I can make up a little bit here and there, Bristol, when you can kind of get the elbows up and you can get after it, but you can't make up any speed at Dover because those fast guys that have the big motors and a lot of downforce and the cars are handling well, uh, those guys are so fast. So if you are off there at Dover a little bit, you are in the way. So I'd probably say that Dover has turned almost from my favorite track to almost my least favorite track to go to. Because looking on the schedule, I'm like, oh, hell, we're <laughs> going to Dover. We're going to get our teeth kicked in this yeah. week. Uh, but next week, we're going to Dover, uh, and Drydeen is going to be on our car. Uh, Drydeen's coming back into the sport in a big way. That's They're, awesome. They sponsored the World Outlaw team of, uh, of Shark Racing with Logan Shuhart. Sure. And uh, he's been having a killer year. So uh, they they got with the track. They're sponsoring the racetracks. Me the Dryden 400, and they're also going to be on my car as well. So it's an honor to carry that brand. Going to have a lot of fun with them. Hopefully, going to be on my car for the next couple of years. I'm excited to work with those guys. It's a growing brand and great product. So uh, as much as I said I didn't like Dover, uh, I'm going to like it next week when we go there and um, try to give Dryden a good run. Uh, but probably my favorite track. Obviously, Bristol is at the top of a lot of people's list. It's very close to the top of mine, but uh, I think places as boring as Kansas and Vegas are, they, for whatever reason, turned into my favorite tracks, and Homestead as well. Uh, places where you can places where you can run the top. It was never one of my fortes until uh, recently where uh, I think we were having a ba- bad day at, at TriStar last year. We had something break, and we went behind the wall, and had to fix it and we went back out and we still had half the race left and i'm like okay i'm gonna dedicate the rest of this race because there's no nothing to be gained nothing to be lost here on figuring out how to run the fence uh, i was at kansas and i i hit the fence a couple times didn't cut a tire down but i was moving my breaking points and moving my lift points around and it, it just clicked like a light switch on how to figure out how to run the top and keep your momentum wound up and all of a sudden i started hauling ass uh and that that's transferred uh, to go when I go to Vegas and when I go to Homestead uh, and when I go to Chicagoland and some other places where you can run the top, uh, there's lots of people that text me after the race like, man, you were ripping the top uh, just because it's a, it's a particular way you sure. run it. Like I'm not comparing myself to Kyle Larson because he's up front when he's doing it. I'm back somewhere around 25th. Right. But uh, guys around me, I can make more speed than at the end of a run when you can run the top. So if I have a, 
feel like if I get in a car that's uh, has a little more speed in the front of the run, and I get up there running the top, we can probably make some some big hay in the years going forward. But uh, it's a little bit contrary to what you might think. Okay, we've got about uh, thirty seconds left here in the segment. Please give the information if anyone can still donate to Samaritan's yeah. Feet. Register f- to win some driver shoes here. Um, yeah. Where can they do that? Yeah, so it's on all my uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Core of the Joy. I uh, just put a picture up of, uh, of the car, but the link is in my bio for the shoe stakes. So just click on that. Uh, you can enter your name and info, and then you can also pick what driver's shoes that you want to enter to win, right? Because, like, uh, if you enter the Dale Jr. pool, obviously there's going to be more people in the Dale Jr. shoe pot. Uh, than there will be for Core of the Joys. Right. So you have a better chance of winning my shoes if you buy one raffle ticket than you do Dale Jr. So choose wisely, uh, and and I appreciate everybody who is going to help out. There's going to be hopefully somewhere around three, four hundred people that have their name on the car, and it's going to be a great, uh, be a great weekend. Corey of a joy, everybody. Thanks for taking some time with us here on Lead Lap tonight. We'll be back with more Lead Lap right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. 
It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead the Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com, or you can come here. Seriously, if you're in Charlotte watching us on TV, you got 45 minutes before the show's over. Get up here and say hi, why don't you? Uh, they've got all kinds of driver safety gear, and they've even got uh, a brand of wax for your car. Uh, and boy, does it work well. And it's not just for race cars either. So uh, check it out and uh, visit them on the web, hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to say thank you to our other uh, presenting sponsors for our shows, uh, both mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, and uh, the good folks from strutmasters.com, Chip Lofton, and uh, his group just uh, been phenomenal to us this year and just real excited about the growth that we've had. We started the year by uh, going to Sirius XM and now uh, continuing the growth with now being on TV in the Charlotte market on WSIC 25.2 and going to tell you on Thursday night on the Motorsports Madness show about another addition to our uh, motorsports lineup here at Race Chaser Radio that's going to entail a morning radio show that we're going to be doing on uh, WSIC in the Charlotte Lake Norman area. And we'll tell you all about that on Motorsports Madness on Thursday. Also want to let you know that uh, we got some tickets to give away to the Roval. We've got a four pack, triple pack, um, four tickets to uh, Friday, four tickets to Saturday and four tickets to Sunday. And we're going to be giving those away Tomorrow on Tuesday, uh, starting Tuesday on our uh, Race Chaser Radio, Race Chaser Media, social media. So uh, at Race Chaser Media on Facebook, and uh, you can check that out tomorrow. But uh, haven't had a chance to talk Xfinity yet. And, uh, you know, this has really been, to me, the most exciting year in the Xfinity series in probably a decade. Uh, Christopher Bell... And Cole Custer uh, have put on, along with Tyler Reddick, just a phenomenal season-long battle. Um, right now, if you look at the way the race came out at Richmond on Friday, Christopher Bell with a pretty convincing win, 238 laps led. Um, I mean, you, you can't say much more than that. Uh, Chris rang everybody's bell on Friday. However... The side story here is your second place finisher. We talk a lot on these shows about Austin Sindrick as being that sort of unknown. We don't want to say dark horse. He's won a couple times on road courses, but yet to see him really have the race on an oval track that we thought he was capable of. Well, Want not anymore, folks, because Austin Sindrick finished second on Friday and drove his butt off to get there, started on the pole, and really had a tremendous evening on Friday night to uh, beat 
two of the big three. I mean, nobody was going to touch Christopher Bell, but Austin Sindrick certainly did a great job behind the wheel of that uh, Team Penske 22. Uh, Cole Custer finishing in third. Justin Allgaier fourth. Chase Briscoe in fifth. Chase just continues to be consistent. Keep in mind, Chase Briscoe won last year's Xfinity race at the Roval. So we are heading into the Roval with Chase Briscoe believing, hey, I did it once, I can do it again. And Chase Briscoe has been uh, fun to watch this year, his progress uh, in that kind of hybrid team. Um, Stuart Haas with Biagi Dembest racing, just uh, doing a, a great job um, in that 98 car. Harrison Burton, a nice sixth-place finish as he returns to the seat of the 18, and you're going to be seeing a lot of Harrison in that Toyota over the course of the rest of the season. I think he's got five more starts in that car before the season ends. Noah Gregson, seventh in the nine. Zane Smith, every time Zane Smith gets into the junior motorsports number eight, he has a top 10 run, and he runs right either in or just outside of the top five. Zane Smith has been really, really consistent this year, done a very nice job. I would love to see Zane get a full-time opportunity in a car like that for next year because I really believe that he would be a championship contender. Michael Annette finished in ninth, and Tyler Reddick, an uncharacteristically bad day in 10th. I'm going to skip a few positions here. 13th place, Dylan Bassett. You know, here's, again, a young man, he and his brother Ronnie, Working hard. This is their own team, basically. They're working with, um, you know, that that number, of course, does not really belong to them. They're um, they're working uh, together with uh, another organization to to sort of field that car with that number on it. But they do most of their own work, and you know, even though Alex LeBay is kind of um, letting him have the number for the year, that's basically a Bassett car. And he and Ronnie have been splitting it, and those two young men have done an outstanding job. Dylan didn't qualify really well, but he drove the heck out of it to finish 13th and a good run for him. Joe Graff Jr., 14th and one of his starts for Richard Childress Racing and John Hunter Nemechek back there in 15th place. Now, we start to think about playoffs in the Xfinity Series. And, you know, we we just started, okay, and really – Okay, it would be easy to jump to conclusions here. Well, Christopher Bell is, you know, he's going to win whatever. Um, you know, everything goes through Christopher Bell. Not so fast, folks. It was one race. I mean, Chris ran strong, but, you know, he may have uh, pretty much put himself in the, he certainly moved himself into the second round. But, you know, this is far from a done deal because these these top three or four cars keep going back and forth. One week, it's Bell on top. Next week, it might be Custer. The next week, it might be Reddick. You know, Austin Sindrick now is figured in there. But let's take a look at the numbers here. Okay, we've got eight cars that we're looking to take uh, into the next round. Christopher Bell is the points leader right now. 22 back is Custer. 44 back in third is Reddick. Almost, that is a full race, more than a full race, back right now. Austin Sindrick is um, 48 back. Then you've got, you start looking at cutoff. And right now, Justin Allgaier in fifth, 
Michael Annette in sixth, Chase Briscoe in seventh, and Noah Gregson in eighth are within six points of each other right now. Um, Brandon Jones, 15 below the cutoff in ninth, and Ryan Sieg is 10th, but he's a whopping 19 points. You start getting into half races here when you get below that. Justin Haley, 20 points. Back in 11th, John Hunter Nemechek, 21 points back in 12th. Um, this is, you're, you're kind of at a point right now where you start saying that if if one of these drivers, it is possible that Brandon Jones could advance, it's possible that Sieg could advance, it's possible that Haley could advance, um, but they're going to need some help and they're going to need to start running up front and accumulating some points. It looks like right now the top eight are the guys that you can look at here. And as far as winning the championship, I think you've got five. You've got Bell, Custer, Reddick, Sindrick, and Allgaier. I don't really have a lot of faith in Michael Annette to get to the final four. Um, I think Chase Briscoe has a chance. I think Noah Gregson has a chance. But um, they're very outside chances. So I think ultimately it's probably fair to assume that the title is going to be won by one of the top five drivers, Bell, Custer, Reddick, Sindrick, Allgaier. Of that group, the best shot that Austin Sindrick has to kind of leapfrog a couple of these other guys is obviously this weekend at the Roval, right? Um, I think Sindrick goes in as a heavy favorite. I think you got to put Briscoe in there. Chris Bell keeps saying he's not a road racer. Then he goes out and runs well or wins a road race. Um, I think Bell has a shot, obviously. But really, when you when you come down to it, one of those top five, I think, is going to win the championship. And I think right now, Christopher Bell is making a very strong case that if he can just get to Homestead, he's the one that, but again, Reddick supposedly moving up next year, Coster supposedly moving up, Bell moving up, all of them would like to go out with a championship. Think about this. We're not hearing about Austin Sindrick moving up. We have heard nothing about Austin Sindrick making the jump to the Cup Series for next year which means he could come back to the Xfinity series next year and he won't have Bell, Custer, or Reddick most likely to deal with whole new situation now for that Penske team with Austin Sindrick. Next year might be the year that Sindrick actually goes out and wins the title if he doesn't pull it off this year. Should be a very interesting Xfinity series race this weekend at the Roval. As far as drivers that I could see from outside of the top eight that could win on this road course, being very honest, I don't see a lot. Um, Justin Haley would be the driver I'd look at because Justin's a very strong road racer. I think if he's going to make a move into round two, this is where he does it. And he goes out, and he, but he has to get... He either has to win the race or he has to get some heavy-duty stage points to elevate himself and get a good, strong finish in that college racing number 11. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. Saturday afternoon is the Xfinity race. We are going to step aside. When we come back, 
IndyCar settled their season yesterday at one of the most beautiful and historic courses going. Laguna Seca, that's what we're going to talk about next. League Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsports, will continue right around the turn. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lean Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport. The leaders in motorsport safety, you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker with you live from HMS Motorsports Mooresville location here this evening. And uh, I've got two producers here helping keep me on the air because it takes two people to help keep me under control. Chris Murdoch here with me at uh, the HMS Motorsport location and 
Uh, we've also got James Mellick up in the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina, keeping us going as well. It's time to talk about IndyCar. IndyCar had their season finale at uh, Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca, one of the tracks that everybody looked most forward to on the schedule going into this year was a track that they hadn't run at for a long, long time. And in fact, uh, Scott Dixon and Tony Kanaan, the only two drivers with previous experience at Laguna Seca going into this event. And there was an almost perfect scenario for the championship going into this race. It's a season finale. You had four drivers, four going into this race with a mathematical shot at winning the IndyCar championship. You also had double points. So a mistake or a bad day will cost you twice as much as it would on a normal day. You have a track that almost nobody's run on and only one of the championship contenders had any experience on. Four drivers going in, and you expect that this is going to be a high-drama, high-intensity kind of day and a fight right to the wire for the title, at least between the top couple. Nope. Not what we got. In a scenario that only IndyCar could find a way to mess up, what we ended up with is Joseph Newgarden winning the championship while finishing behind every one of his closest competitors for the title and finishing about 15 seconds off the winning pace of Colton Herta. Unbelievable. He didn't even have to try. He basically went out there, had a nice Sunday drive, ran seventh or eighth for the most of the race, finished eighth, and Joseph Newgarden still won the title by about 25 points, despite the fact that, like I said, he finished behind all three of the other mathematical contenders for the championship. Um, I don't know exactly how to explain my frustration with that, other than to say that while I love the fact that Laguna's sake is on the schedule, and I thought that the course provided a really nice afternoon of IndyCar racing. There wasn't a lot of passing, at least not for the, the, the top few spots until later in the race you had at the end, they were focusing on the battle for, I think it was third. Um, Scott Dixon trying to take that spot. Simon Pagino in the mix, not the, the kind of a race that you would have hoped for. And I think this really proves why IndyCar needs to end their season on some kind of competitive oval track. Or if you're going to run a road course, go somewhere where it's closer and more competitive. I was not impressed with the way that that battle 
when it you it just felt like there was no drama from about halfway through the race out. Um, and I love IndyCar. I love the growth that they've experienced. But my goodness gracious, guys, come up with a better season finale than that because uh, you had four guys. This was the perfect scenario. And people wonder why. You know, NASCAR has a playoff scenario and they end their season at Homestead. I guess next year we're doing we're doing um, Phoenix. Uh, but it's an oval and you can't get away so far and you really can't be on cruise control. The, the playoffs in NASCAR, the championship race, works the way it does because you all go in and it's made the best man win. If you're going to end at a track like Laguna Seca, I think what you got to do is use that same format. So in other words, you erase the totals and we go into the championship race and you're all at zero and it's made the best driver win because that felt so anticlimactic to see new garden uncompetitive and really just kind of riding in, like I said, seventh or eighth for the most part did not feel like, a season finale or any kind of a, a, an exciting race to me, like I said, from about halfway out with that all being said, congratulations to Joe Newgarden and team Penske. They had an amazing season. Really all the top four should get props. The big story of the day was not the championship. It was Colton Herta for a couple of reasons. One, because he literally blew the field into the weeds I mean, he let Will Power get close to him at the end because he basically could. You know, he had about 38 push to passes left at, 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 in, in the last few laps of the race. Every time Will would get to within about a half second, next thing you know, it's nine tenths because, you know, we've hit the push to pass button and just sort of shot ourselves back out front again. But, man, Harding Steinbrenner Racing Nothing short of spectacular on this day. And the second reason this is such a great story is because Colton was in the news recently. He is now a part of uh, Andretti for next year. And, and, and I, I think this, this is a brilliant move on Michael Andretti's part to put Colton Herta into a fifth full-time car for next year because... All this does is strengthen his lineup, but it also adds youth. If you look at the future, if you can hang on to Rossi for a while. Now, Hunter Ray is not by any stretch of the imagination old. He's probably got three, four, five good years left at least. If he wants to remain that long, um, you've got Zach Veach over there who's early 20s. I mean, you got Marco who, I mean, obviously, as long as he wants to continue to race, he'll be there. But bringing Colton Herta in, I think, positions at the whole Andretti organization for a really competitive situation in the IndyCar series for a number of years to come. And that was a, a, a big move. Um, I think you're going to see other sponsors in the mix other than, of course, uh, uh, the fourth, um, but he'll be a part of it. And, you know, just a, a very lucky 
situation for Colton Herder to be able to come over and race for Andretti starting next year. And he'll go into the season knowing that, you know, he dominated this last race. I mean, it was, it was not even close. It was a great day for that whole team. Um, I think IndyCar as a whole in a position where as long as it makes wise choices and keeps the cars to where you've got enough oval tracks to have that sort of high speed, holy cow kind of mentality for, you know, if you keep a nice balance in the schedule, IndyCar is positioned for growth, I think, going um, pretty far into the future. Roger Penske saying just today that uh, he felt like the value is definitely there. Um, it's it's affordable and economical to race the IndyCar series. He obviously has a team that's going to be strong for, for a while. It looks like Ganassi's in pretty good shape. Rosenquist did a phenomenal job this year. I think better than a lot of us expected he would. Um, Dixon's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, you know, you've got a number of teams and you've got new teams coming in every year now. So IndyCar in a pretty good place going into the 2020 season. Uh, and, and I think really with some of the drivers that you've got down in the Indy light series, uh, the, the Oliver Askews, uh, the Toby salaries. I mean, I think you've got drivers that, uh, if they can find homes next year, the following year, IndyCar has got some serious talent. And I really believe that as we move toward a new motor package, possibly in 21 or 22 for that series, um, talking about a new chassis, perhaps. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of reason to be excited about what IndyCar's got going on, going into the keep that that balance um, to where you've got to be good, not just at street course, road course style racing, but also you've got to be good at a track like Richmond that's small or a track like Texas. Eight that they're not going back to Pocono. I wish they would put a fast track other than Indy back on the schedule. Um, but certainly, I think, again, IndyCar poised for, uh, for growth going into the next few years. It's good to see it healthy again um, as, as we end the season on a high note for one of their future stars and put Colton Herta back in victory lane once again and position him as a favorite for a championship run as he makes the move to Andretti. He and Alex Rossi um, should be an awful lot of fun to watch going into the 2020 season with the Andretti team. And with that, we are going to step aside one more time when we come back. We've got the lightning round on this show. That means Tom does a rant. And that's exactly what's coming in the next segment. Stand by. We're going to talk about young people moving up the ladder right after these words. Stay with us. More of Lead Lap presented by H. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
automotive technicians, and auto service trainees. How would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. The representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the lap presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. And we are in the last segment. This is uh, our white flag segment known as the lightning round. And I'm going to rant about something in a moment. But first, a couple of little news items for those of you who are followers of the short tracks. Um, Big news this morning on the NASCAR late model front for the Martinsville race that is coming up very quickly here. Dale Earnhardt Jr. announced on his Twitter this morning that he is going to field two late models for Martinsville. Of course, uh, Josh Berry, his main late model racer, Josh is going to have a teammate. It's Bubba Pollard. Bubba, one of the legends of late model racing, getting into uh, the second car to team with Josh Berry for the event at Martinsville. And got to tell you, the Valley Star Credit Union 300 just got infinitely more exciting because you put Bubba Pollard in a car that um, 
is as capable as a junior motorsports car, and that's a recipe for one heck of a ride for that uh, veteran driver. So uh, watch for Josh and Bubba to put on a show at Martinsville. And, of course, that's going to be on fanschoice.tv. For those of you who um, don't really know what that is, you got to go look at it. Fanschoice.tv showing free. That's right, free. You can't do better than free uh, racing on a consistent basis. Um, it's NASCAR owned. And of course, a lot of the NASCAR short tracks, the wheel and all American series uh, tracks have their races on fans choice each week. And of course they also broadcast live all of the regional series, your KNN pro East KNN pro West NASCAR wheel and modified tour. And, um, uh, so on the Euro series. Also, if you can get up that early in the morning and you want to watch racing, uh, the Euro series and the Pinty series, which is their Canadian series also on there. Um, and you know, Martinsville going to be on there as well. And that's, that's going to be awesome because, uh, it should be a, a great race again. Of course, usually, you know, enter the event and the, the whole thing is just, um, one of the most amazing short track races you'll find anywhere. So big news this morning, Bubba Pollard teaming with Josh Berry for junior motorsports in that event. Okay. Want to talk about something that is kind of familiar to me because we do a lot of work with younger racers. And I talked to Corey LaJoy a little bit about this earlier in the show, Kyle Bush making the comment about uh, drivers who don't even have a late model win, um, being allowed to race in cup. And, you know, that, that really got me thinking about the state of short track racing and the step ladder and the financial wherewithal that's involved and all of that over the last couple of days. And, you know, when Kyle first said it, if you just look at it as a common sense thing. What would common sense say to do? You, you might find a way to agree with Kyle because if the cup series is supposed to be the best of the best, then it would seem to make sense that you would have to have some sort of minimum set of accomplishments, achievements, qualifications, some sort of a track record in the lower series in order to get to the cup series, right? Well, if you're just looking at this from the common sense side, then I agree. We need to do something about the qualifications. Here's my question back to all of those people who buy that argument. What do you do? What are the qualifications? Where do we start? How many late model races do you have to win before you can race the truck series? How about how many truck races before you can go race Xfinity? How many Xfinity races do you have to win before you can race in the cup series? Do you see we're trying to actually come up with 
a set of minimum qualifications becomes really, really difficult. Here's the problem we've got. The real problem that's created situations like the situation that a, a Garrett Smithley finds himself in, or even a Corey LaJoy, is these are guys who don't have a lot of money. And the more expensive we've made these upper series, the less accessible it is for drivers who have accomplished a lot, like a Bubba Pollard or a Josh Berry or a Philip Morris or whomever in the late models to actually get to that next level. So here's what it becomes. Who is the best marketing and salesperson? Not necessarily who is the best racer. Now that takes nothing away from the skill set of Garrett Smithley or whomever you would name. You know, it's this is a really complex issue because ultimately Garrett got to cup by going out and actually doing the work on the sponsor side that it took. And he's at a point where he's getting companies that it makes more sense to do X amount of cup races than it does to do X amount of Xfinity races. The exposure is that much greater. The TV ratings are that much better. All of the, the things, all of the metrics that a sponsor looks for favor the higher series. So, in reality, the way that I think you start to fix this problem is twofold. First, find a way to cut a lot of cost out of NASCAR National Series competition. This will start to make it easier for the older drivers to have a shot, if somebody can get behind them, to have a shot at going and playing in these series. That's the first thing it at least equalizes the playing field a little bit. The second thing is you've got to start looking at raising the age limits again. We've got 12-year-olds and late models. We've proven that that can work, that they can handle it, that some of them can be very successful. But at some point, if we want to eliminate the issue uh, that we had last Saturday then I think you do it by cutting costs. That also will help teams like Rick Ware Racing who are doing everything they can do to just take cars to the track, make them safe, and be as competitive as they can. The more you cut costs, the more you help teams like Rick Ware to become more competitive. And maybe Garrett Smithley now goes from running 34th or 35th or 30th to 25th or 20th. This is a cost issue. I don't think it's as much that these drivers shouldn't be in cup. I know what Garrett Smithley's background is. He's run legends. He's run late models. He spent a ton of time as a driving instructor for the Richard Petty driving experience. And before you laugh at that, understand these are actual stock cars. They're tuned down a little bit for speed and they're maybe not set up to be as loose or, you know, as fast as, as the actual car, but you're running the same line. You're running the racetracks. You're still getting all of that lap time. So 
this is a different day and age. I don't want to hear that those guys should be there just because they haven't won in late models. Some of the best drivers are there not because of money. They're there because they worked and they've gotten after it. Can you get there without money? Yes and no. But you look at a driver like Matt DiBenedetto, like Ross Chastain, even Corey LaJoy. Corey's not bringing big money. Is he running for wins? No. But he's there, he's doing well, and he's proving that he belongs. The main thing we've got to start looking at in this sport is cutting cost out of it. We've gone too far with technology. We've gone too far with sets of tires and what it costs just to go and run for a win at a race. And we need to start from the short tracks and go up. All of these divisions, your modified, your late models, your dirt late models, all of these classes have gotten too expensive. The purses can't keep up. And this is why drivers like Garrett, when they get a sponsor, that sponsor doesn't want to run a short track. They want to go and they want to run in the highest series they can for their money. You can't blame a Garrett Smithley. Don't blame the driver. Blame the system. If you want to really fix the system, let's everybody start figuring out. And I don't have all the answers, but let's figure out how we can pull costs out of this. Make it more affordable to give more guys with more talent a chance to actually have an opportunity to play in these bigger series. And let's stop labeling all of these drivers as spoiled little rich kids. Garrett Smithley has never been rich. He certainly has never been spoiled. Garrett Smithley has had to work for every single dollar that he has ever gotten to spend in motorsports and spend trying to help himself elevate to where he is. So I think the fans need to have a, a completely different perspective on this. Even the Dillons, I don't care who, who it is. All of them have to earn the right to keep their spots. And you can look at the performances of this driver, or that driver and say, well, he's only running 20th every week. Well, you know what? There's a lot of drivers running 20th every week. And you look at a guy like Matt DiBenedetto or a guy like Denny Hamlin, who also didn't have money when he came in. You look at Ross Chastain. There are a number of these drivers. I think Corey would be one of them. If he had a, had the right opportunity, he would show you that he can run up front and run for wins. Just like Corey has just like uh, Matt DiBenedetto has. This is a really tough time, honestly, to be involved in the sport as a driver because you really have to think outside the box. And if you're ever going to get to cup, sometimes you got to settle for situations that you'd rather not be in. Nobody wants to go into a race knowing the best they can do is 25th. But that's where a lot of these young drivers have gotten to. They've, they want to race for a living. They've got to pay their bills. That's just the system that's been created. If you want to fix the system, don't try to eliminate drivers. Eliminate cost and make it so that more of the Bubba Pollards and the Josh Berries and the drivers who are sitting in late models, the time Majeskis, make it so that more of those drivers have a chance to elevate again. And you will see that a lot of what Kyle Busch talked about on Saturday night will start to go away because the more, the more drivers that are eligible, the more drivers that can afford these rides, the more competitive it is. You, you eventually make it back to where we got the best 
of the best running in the best division, which for NASCAR obviously is the Cup Series. Just something to think about. I want to take the time to thank James Mellick and thank Chris Murdoch for their time tonight. I want to thank all of our sponsors, mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Check them out. Take the free career evaluation. You could be an IT professional as little as four months of training. And also strutmasters.com. I don't care if you got a beat-up junker, a brand-new car, or a motorcycle. They can improve your ride. Strutmasters.com, the suspension experts. Thanks to WSIC, the Performance Motorsports Network, and all of our affiliates. Until next Monday, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for watching or listening to Lead Lap Radio. So long. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.